And thank you for tuning into the Nerd Out Loud podcast. If we're gonna if we're gonna keep up the like sound effects, I think you might need a new co-host. Agreed. <gasps> My name is Jeremy, and your name is Christy. And your specialty is not sound effects. Not sound effects, uh, obviously. My specialty is everything else that makes a good podcast. <sighs> You're so full. You're so full. <laughs> um, so that said, maybe you should stop watching videos on your. I'm sending you something. Video. Okay. Um, welcome to the Nerd Out Loud podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we are here to talk about the things that you nerd out about or we nerd out about or whatever we are interested in this week. So thank you for tuning in. We try yes. not to be too inside baseball. If you're a new listener, thank you for tuning in. If you're not a new listener, also thank you for tuning in. I wanted to address something that we just kind of like skimmed over last week. That both of us had already come up with ideas if we were to have a production company. The names and the logos of what we would have if we had a production company. Okay. But we never discussed, like, that's kind of a weird thing to say. Is it? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's too, we're two um, podcast professionals. We but found I thought ourselves this, here like, in this before. Industry. Yeah. I've thought it, like, for years. Yeah, same here. Like, what are some of your favorite... Did, did we not talk about it last We week? didn't. I don't remember what I said. Um, no, you talked about what you would have, but I'm saying what are your favorite, some of your favorite, like, sign-offs on TV shows. Oh, I don't know. That's what made me. Eh, the only one that I can think of is Bad Robot from Lost. Yeah, Bad Robot's really a good Lost. one. That's what made me, like, decide, like, of course I have to have what mine would be. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So that I thought that was a funny thing for us to both like immediately have. I guess I mean maybe it's funny. It's funny. It's it's weird, but at the same time, hey, we both had the like wherewithal to get to where we are today. <laughs> there are a lot of people out there that want to have podcasts. Okay, so I'm not saying that we're pod famous people, but we have a podcast True. that some up to three to four listeners listen to, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there are many people out there that desire to have a podcast. True. That don't. And if they want to, go ahead and contact us. We'll have you on. Maybe yeah. We'll help you start a show. Sure, yeah. Whatever. I will hook you up. Talk you through it. I mean, we have recording equipment. I'll share it with you. Helping somebody record an audiobook. Yes. And no charge. Patricia Eddy? Well, she supplies us with very good food and drinks. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. (laughs) Patricia and John. She just bought the stuff to make me this fancy pineapple drink when we record this week. Is that what that pineapple situation Mm -hmm. was? She has to like ferment pineapple and I'm very excited for the situation. I'm glad that you can have the opportunity to imbibe while that's happening. Yes. I need to have my stuff together enough to be able to actually listen. Actually listen. Yeah. And be aware. Well, last time of I got I got locked in the kitchen. Right. And we couldn't talk. Yeah. And then so we'll see the situation this week. It'll go better. Maybe. Okay. Hopefully. We'll see. Oh, 
And last week, I had to apologize for my obsessive swearing on the previous podcast. Um, this week, I need to apologize for my obsessive use of the word like. <laughs> it was pretty I re-listened, <laughs> and I apologize. Use the word like a lot. And that is never okay. It's no, never and you, okay. And you don't do that in real life, so it's it was funny. I don't. I was nervous, maybe. Yeah. There's a lot going on. I don't know why you were nervous, but okay. You never know. Okay. So. So, yeah. Should I discuss the big things that have happened? Yeah. Well, when, so now, now it's just like our, you know, casual catch-up time. So, speaking of casual catch-up time... Since uh, three to four of you follow Christina on the tweeters, at Kissy Eyes, um, twitter.com slash mm-hmm. at Kissy Eyes slash Kissy Eyes, um, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S, uh, you might have noticed today that she accidentally, um, well, she tweeted out that she had given her phone number out. No. I'll tell the whole story. Okay. okay. Well, no, you got some attention today on Twitter. Yes. Because you are a lady, and ladies get more attention than men, and you happen to tweet, oh, whoops, I accidentally gave my phone number out on a live stream. Yes. Hashtag, it's a murder trial. <laughs> it didn't sound like that. What was the actual, I mean, the, the, something along the lines. No. If I didn't know you, I would be tempted to say you were fishing. Oh, but I'm not. No, I don't think you are. That, what, but if I what would I be fishing for? See, I'm not that good at like this whole social media thing. I know. So I don't know what that means. Like, what would I be fishing for? If if you didn't know me, what would you think I was fishing for? Hey, find my number. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, not like that at all. No, that's weird. So what, what that's was the tweet? you would have done. What that's why. That's something that I would do. It's something that I did last week on our podcast. But you weren't fishing. Right. No, yeah, I wouldn't do that. That would be lame. Um, what I really said is... No, but really, I did last week. Let's listen. I accidentally uh, gave him my phone number. But I accidentally made it on purpose. Then I forgot to edit it out. I tweeted a lot today. I actually did forget to edit it out. I meant to. Let's see. Thankfully. I said, I just heard my voice during testimony in a murder members. trial. This feels weird. Right. Hashtag David Peets. That's the name of the person. P-I-E-T-Z? Yes. And then Jeremy. David, the traditional spelling. Yes. Jeremy uh, said, hey, you just, your phone number just got put out on the live stream. I texted her. I texted her about yeah. it. And the live stream. Okay. So we should explain this. Christy, why... Why would your phone number be involved in a murder trial in the first place? Okay. Seven years ago, one of my good friends, co-workers, was murdered. She first went missing. I think that she was missing for three to four days. And at the end of that missing, she was dead. Body was found naked, strangled, beat. In, like, a ravine in Kent. And during the time she was missing, a lot of people called her, texted her, looking, wondering where she was. Yeah. 
um, she missed. She was missing for three days. Three to four days. Four yeah. Days. Okay. And um, none of her friends knew where she was. None of us knew. Okay. We knew that her husband was a douche and was cheating on her, and that she was unhappy in that situation. How did you know? She told us. She knew that she he knew. was cheating. Yeah. How? She uh, text messages. He was just like shady. He was trying to get her to like have threesomes all the time. Um, so if somebody tries to get you to have threesomes, that means they're cheating on you. No, but if she, but if your wife says no, and then during this trial, we found out that he has uh, put he had put ecstasy in her drinks to try to loosen her up to have to swing or something like that. Got it. But um, well, so well, I would. Oh, never mind. So then she, so during this time, like. M- it was just like, oh, my assumption was, and I think the text messages would be more damaging than the voicemails, but they're not reading those for some reason. But um, my theory was, and half of the voicemails were people thinking, because she had been in, um, she had been sober from NA and alcohol for 10 years so before being she had been sober in a in a narcotics anonymous okay. so she had been drug and alcohol free for 10 years yes got it and that's how they knew that she was missing her sponsor and the people that she sponsored she was supposed to meet them on that saturday morning and didn't show up oh so she was a sponsor yes she's been for got 10 it. years so half of the people that left voicemails were thinking that she had gone off the wagon and we're saying, like, you can come back and you can always start over. Yeah. And then the other half were thinking that she was, like, leaving the husband. And that's what I thought. I thought she had left, got away, was scared of him, and just took off. Okay. So um, today they had – it was a big argument. The jury got – left out and the and the lawyers argued whether they were going to play the voicemails because it was 19 minutes of her friends like increasingly getting more and more worried and the telling thing was these were the voicemails these were the voicemails between when from the day that she went missing um saturday morning to when she was found her yeah and dead what was telling is that her husband didn't call her once in three days. And we, we should actually worried. also probably clarify. I don't know that we've mentioned up to this point. Uh, this happened six years ago? Seven. Seven years Almost ago. Almost eight. Mm-hmm. Why is the trial happening now? So um, at the time, they... Because of? Science. Science. Science made this possible. What happened is... They always suspected him. Always. But there wasn't enough evidence. But due to science, they can now say, because it was his wife's car that was found. And so, of course, it's going to have his DNA in it. But with science, they can now say who the last person was that drove that car. And it was him. And then also, due to science, they could triangulate a cell phone down to a cell phone call, down to a single tower, a single, I don't remember what they were calling it, sector of the... Quadrant? Quadrant, yes, of a cell tower. So what he did 
is killed her, took her phone. Allegedly. Hey. Okay. We don't want to get sued as a podcast. (laughs) What he he allegedly did. Was killed her. He probably did it. Dropped her phone off or something. Or dropped her body off. Called his own cell phone from her phone. Yeah. But from his work. Which was in downtown Seattle. They lived in Linwood. So there was that phone call. But until science, late last year, they couldn't tell. Now they can put it down to a city block of that phone call originated from. Right. And thanks to um, the... Thanks to uh, all of the other horrible murder trials that have been in the news lately, mm-hmm. C- Casey Anthony, um, just all all of the mm-hmm. people that yeah. you know, yes. whatever pop celebrities seem mm-hmm. to think about, um, Doctor Drew, Doctor Drew, right? Today we found out Doctor Drew was tweeting about this murder case, yeah, and apparently it was on HLN. Well, so we'll have to wait and see. I, I guess. remember at the time, um, he had failed a lie detector test, and then refused to yeah. cooperate after that. Um, so it'll probably help Dr. Drew's ratings. I guess so. Yeah, because it's controversial. Maybe Dr. Drew should have me on. Yeah, maybe. Okay. <laughs> but at the time. I was questioned by the detective because I had left a voicemail and text her several times (sighs) and they called me to see if I knew where she was. And that was before. And then when they were going to announce that her body was found, he called me and said, I just want you to know that this is, this is going to happen today. Um, so that, that happened, but watching it is really weird. And, and then today they played your voicemail. They Sorry, played my I voicemail. I think played, I probably oh, interrupted you a long time yeah, ago. So at they that played point. all 19 played minutes. And they played, you told me they played, you only caught it because my, it had the last four digits. Right. Of your I would phone talk so fast. It. Like, yeah. hi, Nikki, this is Christy. Call me. And then said my number. And then I was like, oh, that was weird. That was my phone number. Okay. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. But it was weird hearing all these people that I knew from work. And then just watching, because the video, they can't show the jury. So it's like of him, his lawyers, the judge, and the audience or whatever. And yeah. watching her parents hear their... I can't believe they're sitting in on it. They, his mom, uh, Her mom just wants him to fry. Like, she has been after him for a year. She knew right away. And when she went to the house less than six months later... He had another girlfriend and already had started to, um, I mean, she, she would write letters to her friends and be like, you need to, um, keep calling the police and asking about it. And he didn't do this alone. He couldn't have done it alone. He has to have an accomplice. We have have to find it out. She like never let it go, which I wouldn't either if my child was murdered. Yeah. But his girlfriend that he had right after testified today for against her. Well, neither because the, the (laughs) defendant defense wouldn't let the jury know that they had a relationship for two years, just that he was like flirting with her while Uh, he was still married. Okay. And then they had a relationship for one to two years. And we found out from the defense attorney that at the end of their relationship, she, tried to get a restraining order against him 
but the jury doesn't know that. Why doesn't the jury know that? Because it doesn't have relevance in this case. I think it does. Right. Yeah, because you're emotionally invested. Yeah. It's so, oh, and man. And they interviewed her again <sighs> last year to say, hey, the stuff that you talked about after, you know, a couple years ago, we want to refresh your memory and ask you questions. And then at the end of it, they told her he's he's been arrested for murder and she was not surprised. And that doesn't get to be admitted into evidence either. Yeah. So it's it's pretty crazy. And then I also found out like one of our. But do we know why it doesn't get to be admitted? Because they say it doesn't have relevancy in the case. And then another thing is one of our old coworkers, I guess at the funeral, went up to him and said, "Um, I'm so sorry for your loss. And he said, how do I get the life insurance? Maybe don't ask that the day of the funeral. Yeah, it's probably bad timing. Right. To do that, right. But yeah, that that was um really interesting finding out all this like background stuff today. <sighs> so but it's do, it's I'm, like watching a TV show. How does it make you how does it make you all feel though? Because it's like the logical side of my brain understands why they would keep out some of the very blatantly obvious things that I would feel are evidence. But I'm also like obviously emotionally invested in this situation. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, is our legal system broken because we're so obsessed with like the letter of the law and like oh yeah precedent they, and these facts and what uh, like argued. I mean I just watched a very brief section like they have a live stream of this yeah. video that's on YouTube and I watched like five minutes of it today and the judge was like citing court cases from like. 10, 15 years ago mm-hmm. saying like, this is why I made the decision that I made and all this kind of stuff. Like, I don't know how to feel about that because on one hand, like I totally understand that like maybe like some of the stuff that apparently they've decided is not admissible or the mm-hmm. jury can't know should be known. Like, I mean, when, when you're explaining it to me or to our podcast audience, <laughs> like, they they like it totally makes sense that they should know those things because it makes sense but at the same time like if you're just looking at the facts and trying to like remove yourself from the fact that maybe like i have this presumption that this person is guilty like yeah there so today there was at least an hour if not more of the lawyers arguing what could be said and what couldn't be said yeah and that was kind of frustrating, but it's it's kind of like watching a movie and knowing like what the bad guys like doing in the background, but everybody has to just like wait yeah. and hope that they and then also maybe knowing that the bad guy will get away with it, right? I, I mean, he won't. has apparently hired a great attorney. Yeah, he's one of the best attorneys. Yeah, you said one of the best in the state or best in the country, mm-hmm. and has gotten off like rapist and child molesters and but what's his court record very good i don't know it (laughs) i didn't know okay that was a bad joke sorry um, (laughs) because you said he'd gotten off rapist oh geez okay i was just trying to defame the shitty lawyer because obviously he's a shitty lawyer all right i mean it's a judgment-free zone but 
let's judge that guy. Well, and he that even said today is like he said something like just because he's a crappy boyfriend and husband doesn't mean he's a murderer. Like that was one of his defense yeah. things against not being able to like he's the one that brought up the two year relationship with the girl and the fact that she had wanted a restraining order against him. Right. So he said, you can only ask her about the time he asked her on a date. So yeah, it's, it feels kind of crappy. And I've been tweeting that there's a woman from Cairo that, let me see what, I mean, you can just check the hashtag. Yeah, she invented the hashtag. Amy underscore Clancy, C-L-A-N-C-Y, is sitting in the courtroom and doing some pretty good um, live tweeting of the yeah, and, case. Yeah, and if you follow the hashtag, what what I mean, you used it earlier today? Hashtag David Peets. D-A-V-I-D-P-I-E-T-Z. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. just Peets, I think some people are doing. But then check, Cairo, If you check out hashtag David Peets, all of the proceedings are being uploaded to YouTube. You can check them out if you yeah. want. You can catch Christy's phone number, uh, <laughs> text her, like really awkward stuff. Well, the, hey, uh, send her cock shots. <laughs> she wants what? those. Oh, <laughs> she uh, she needs to know. I need, a, I need to load up the spank bank. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Yes. It's true. So check out the hashtag. <laughs> Download the videos. Wow. That escalated quickly. <laughs> if you're going to go to the effort to like listen to a murder trial for oh. hours to try to get my phone number, you can send me whatever you want. <laughs> Man, this uh, we're 25 minutes in. Oh, we're 25 geez. minutes I've in and we've been Sorry. talking about some very serious shit. What do we need so to yeah, do to loosen it up? Emotionally hard. Loosen, loosen, loosen it up. It feels like there's a conclusion coming. Yeah. Like, regardless if. Whatever. But I mean, like, if this person gets off, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are you actually? Do you actually think that he's innocent? No. I've thought he was guilty from as soon as I found so out did he get off? I mean, so if he gets off, like, if he's deemed innocent or whatever, how how's that going to make you feel? It Dexter? It will feel... You don't want to go Dexter on him? No, I will not go Dexter on him. It's not something that you would publicly admit no. on a podcast. Um, it's broadcast over the internet. Dexter takes gets a lot more evidence than... Oh. Um, Dexter probably also doesn't talk about it on the internet. Right. I would feel... I've never watched Dexter. Oh, no, I did. Not good. I disappointed because I missed him actually killing anybody. But a year of his life he spent in prison without chance of parole. He has no... Like, so he has had to be in jail for over a year. Okay. And he has to live with trying to get a job and someone Googling him and seeing that he was... I mean... You can't really, I mean, like, someone will not give him a job because of this. Right. And you, Does he have a job now? He's in jail, so I don't know. Oh. But, oh. I mean, just Making any of... license plates. <laughs> any whatever. of the websites where this trial is mentioned, women from, that I don't even know of, like, of all different years are saying that they left their job because he was creepy or creeped them out or made them feel uncomfortable. So this isn't just, I mean, like he's done like yeah. the, all of this stuff coming out, like he's done. 
That's fine. All right. If his life is ruined or he's in prison for the rest of his I life. I feel like I tr- I tried to lighten it up and then it got dark again. Well, you asked me a question then we went off. Sorry. <laughs> what can we do to lighten this up? We can talk about... I need to show you my tits or what, what needs to happen no. here? <laughs> that would make it darker. <laughs> yeah, that would make it darker. Well, Jesus. and if you did, we'd have to put it up on website yeah so, i don't know if people want that yeah. okay well well we should say hey chris and everett that last uh segment was for you yeah <laughs> he wanted it so he you asked it. for it yeah you're one of the few people that actually noticed that i accidentally uh podcasted my phone number yes and then followed up on it so um you get your segment for the night at chris and everett on twitter follow him check it out Yep, he's pretty awesome. Okay, so we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about jobs. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Pod dog was being bad. Sorry, people. All right, so today, uh, it's the jobs episode. We both have had crazy, a lot of random, crazy jobs. And I thought that it would be a funny, it would be fun to like go over, go over some of those jobs. Well, all of them together. Yeah, I'm trying to. I, yeah, I'm working on my list. I'm working on my list. That I told you about last week. Yeah. Who is the procrastinator in this? Me. So should I'm, I go first? I'm, yeah, obviously. Okay. So I'm gonna list them in order. I did. Are we, are we are we gonna talk about each one, or how do you want? Yeah, wanna whatever. Do this? If you have questions, okay. I'll maybe tell a little antidote, 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 antidote story, story or yeah, story. Okay, so first, I did a lot of babysitting. Um, the worst babysitting thing uh, gig I had was for a Mormon family. Okay. There were six children. They, I was. Say that I was. What state were you living in? Washington. What part of Washington? Redmond. They actually, I know, I know some other Mormons out in Redmond. <laughs> there were um, six Shout children. Out Joseph Smith <laughs> and your uh, magical glasses. Jeez. Oh, um, I know what's up. Six kids range. Mormons. I was thirteen years old. The oldest was eleven. The youngest was six months, and they ranged in age from all of that. And when you changed them, were they wearing magical underwear? No, that's only for adults. Oh. But here's the situation. They paid me a dollar an hour for six children. Okay. And they had some kind of scam going on. One dollar an hour. One dollar an hour. For six children. For six children. How old were you? 13 or 14. Okay. They had some kind of scam going on. Was one of his wives not available or? He only had one. Oh, interesting. He, um, they had some kind of scam going where whoever came home first didn't have the checkbook. So I rarely got paid. And I would be so upset. And you didn't, I would you didn't be have so a bookkeeper. Upset about it that sometimes my mom would pay me. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because it was her friend. And it was like an ordeal. You like didn't keep night. track. I kept track. So when did why didn't you follow up with them and say, "Hey, um, 
you haven't paid because me. Because they'd be like, oh, we don't have any money or, oh, we'll get you next time. It was a scam. How did you meet these people? The uh, My mom was an apartment manager and it was her maintenance supervisor was the father. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay. My next job, this was my first job when I turned 16. I worked at Wendy's. Okay. With listener Jen. Nerd Jen. Jen. Does Jen actually listen to this podcast? She does. She got mad that I didn't text her to tell her that one had dropped. Okay, so, yes. We worked at Wendy's together. It was. I want to meet you. Yeah, we need to go over there. I want to hug you. It was in Bellevue. And it was right next to an arcade place called Zones. Have you ever been to Zones in Bellevue? No. Okay. I try to stay out of as many Zones in Bellevue as I can. (laughs) This was a bad call on my part because there was tons of teenagers that would come in. Sometimes we knew them. Okay. And we're working at Wendy's. And I have a story about working at Wendy's in that our boss was sexually harassing us. Right. And my dad found out because I didn't tell him, but he found out and he called Wendy's headquarters and they didn't believe him because the guy was like some nationally renowned manager or some crap like that. So then they made a rule that he couldn't work with us alone because he would always put us on closing shifts. Okay. So wait, the, They busted him for doing creepy shit? They didn't. They didn't believe my dad when he called. Oh, but just to cover their asses, they changed his Yeah, they made it so we didn't didn't ever close with him. And um, also told him that someone had called and complained, so then he made it really awkward. Okay. Okay. I mean, he would do... I mean, he would do things like... um, Oh, I don't even want to get into it because it grosses me out too much. But anyways, so I quit there. We all did. There's three three of us friends that worked there that all quit at the same time. My next job was at Little Caesars making pizzas. Mm-hmm. Um, no good stories about that one. Um, except for we could take pizzas home with us as much as we wanted, but no boxes. Okay. Because that was the most expensive part of the pizza was the boxes. Hmm. Okay. Um, I worked at, um, when I graduated from high school, I worked at Shop and Save. It was a thrift store in Kirkland. Okay. And my story about that is that one of my coworkers, shout out to Jen again, her cousin, would, when we closed the store would have all of her friends come in and do a free shopping spree. That means stealing. Right. <laughs> and then we all, like, I wasn't a manager, but the manager started to feel really guilty about it. And the only thing I ever did was when good stuff came in, I would have the pricers price it really low for me, and then I would buy it with my employee discount. What, what kind of store was this? Thrift store, like uh, oh yeah, no, oh yeah, oh. I had a friend that worked at a thrift store. I had some cool. He hooked us up. Yeah, he well no, so he wouldn't hook us up in the same way. He would. So 
the way it worked for them is they had a color price tag for each week. Okay. Yep. And are you as, sure? Was it shop and save? No. As the colors went on, like let's yeah. say red was the first week, green was the next week, blue was the next mm-hmm. week, uh, yellow was the next week. Whatever. Um, everything would get a dollar cheaper until you got yeah. to the last week, in which case everything would be ninety nine cents. Because they're just trying to turn over the merchandise that right. they get in. So they would get stuff in. Obviously, the cool stuff, it was a thrift store in the Ballard-ish area. Was um, it Goodwill? Maybe. Okay. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> um, yeah, they would. Uh, so he, we had three hiding spots throughout the store. Mm-hmm. So depending on the color that the week stuff would come in, we would hide it in. I keep burping, sorry. We would hide it in the according area. So we would come in, stuff would come in, we'd find stuff we'd liked. We would hide it in a, um, it was actually a triangle of bookshelves. Mm -hmm. There was three of them. And we had one for each color. And we would stash them away accordingly. And then we would come in on the, uh, whatever three weeks later was when they were 99 cents. And we would pull that color out and buy it. Nice. And one of my favorite jobs was before, so they would have once a month, they would do a big sale where everything was 50% off. And my favorite job was the night before to go find all those hiding spots and take all that stuff out. Oh, so people hiding stuff. That's a common thing. That's a very common thing. Couch cushions in the um, suitcases in all sorts of things. That's normal. So, but I like to pull that stuff out would you have looked in the middle of yes three bookshelves i would have because i was i loved finding it because first of all it's the good stuff so i would find it and say hey i like this i i don't like that and keep it so you would keep stuff well like i would buy it but i would keep it for myself interesting another fun thing that would do is once those things go to the 99 cents then everything gets pulled so what they do with it is they put it in a big pile and then bail it and they send it off to like Africa or whatever. Oh, I'm well aware of that. Okay. So <laughs> that, the fun part was that is maybe a story for another podcast. The fun that involves a fractured elbow. Oh geez. A splinter well, splint bone splinter. What we would do is stack the clothes up and climb up the mountain of clothes and just lay up there. It was right. really fun. Yeah. It smelled really gross, but thrift stores. uh, Let me say this: thrift stores always make me have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) What doesn't make you have to go to the bathroom? Uh, Some things. You always have to go to the bathroom. My next job (laughs) was round table uh, things. Okay. Yep. Round table pizza. Nothing exciting there. Um, Except for pizza. Eh, but it wasn't. It was salad bars. I love a good salad bar. They have a good salad bar. Yeah. They do. That is is round is round table pizza around here anymore? Mm-hmm. There's one up the street. Okay, all right. It's a date. Save that for a future podcast. Okay. Um, we'll call it the round table cast. I like it. If you are interested in coming, tweet us. You're invited. I will buy you hashtag dinner. Hashtag round table. No, I will buy you dinner. Tweet us. No hashtag. Just just tweet us. 
Okay. And I will buy you dinner. Only round table, though. Yeah, it'll okay. be the round table cast. Okay. With the randos that decide to actually tweet us about it. My next job was Olive Garden. And this is one where I did every single job in the whole restaurant. Okay. Except for manager. Gardening the olives. Gardening the olives. Right. Waitress. I wasn't ever a server. And I wasn't ever a bartender. Other than that, I did every single job in that right. place. So, But no, you weren't actually the gardener of the olives. No. Okay. I was a job that I called salad slut. Right. Yes. I invented that job. Similar to the job that you have now. No. Where? Uh, well, I mean in this house. <laughs> um, that was, it was the year that there was a, a really bad drought. Or flooding, don't know which one, in California, and the lettuce crop got... <laughs> Basically the same thing. The lettuce crop got completely destroyed, so lettuce was very expensive. And we'll go with a drought. Okay. It's California. And ser- servers had a way of, like, trying to, like, over-portion the salad to, like, get bigger tips. Oh, yeah. So I became when the salad When you have unlimited portion. salad... Yes. That's a, a very And it, a lot got thing. wasted. Yeah. So they would have to come in and show me a ticket. As that somebody that's eaten out of dumpsters before, I'm very well aware of the wasted salad yeah. from Olive Garden. Yeah. So um, they would have to show me that they had like a two top and I would make them a salad for two people. And it was all portioned out. So um, that was that was one of my jobs. I was expediter. A lot of like weird, crazy things happened at that Olive Garden that we probably don't have time to get into. Might be it. I was very innocent when I started working there <laughs> and knew a lot more and saw a lot of things after oh. after that. You'd seen some shit. <laughs> and also, I got married after that. Oh, what's the craziest thing that you cook. saw? No. Just the without craziest? the whole story, just say it in um, a sentence. So I. Teaser, teaser style. When I started, I was when I started this job, I was straight edge. Okay. Never done drugs, didn't drink, didn't even have alcohol, no meat, all this stuff, right? Right. Full on straight edge, and I was going um, into the kitchen to use the employee bathroom at one time, and out of the women's bathroom came five men, and I thought that was really weird and yeah. had no idea what what was happening, and then when I met my would be now ex-husband i asked him why that had happened because he was in in with the cool kids in quotes cool kids and he said they would go into the women's bathroom to do cocaine because the tampon box was the exact like the dispenser was the exact height for that to happen okay that is a um that 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 you did a good job of too though okay all right so Cocaine at the Olive Garden. Yep. Also, just, I mean, on a very practical scale, I feel like there's probably many other things in that area that might have been adequate to do cocaine off of other than the tampon box in the women's bathroom for five men. Like what? Uh, Like the counter? Counters or shelves or. They get wet. You don't want. Toilet seat. There's no toilet seat in like, it's like a public bathroom. It's not like a house. 
If it's a public bathroom, how could five guys get away with doing cocaine in it? Because no one checked it. Because nobody was nobody in the restaurant. Nobody was in Olive Garden using the bathroom. This was like a public style bathroom that was only for employees. So through the kitchen, couldn't they go in the men's bathroom and use the countertop or? Because it would be it would be wet. And they can't use paper towels to dry it. I guess. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I, I've never done cocaine, so <laughs> maybe I don't understand. Maybe it needs to be so dry that you have to use a tampon box to do it maybe. off of. Also, another thing is we weren't allowed to eat any of the food unless you paid for it. So we came up with all of these like different things. This is one reason why I'm sick of black olives because that was one of the things you could just like kind of steal. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I invented this appetizer that... Um, was you dip a crouton in the salad dressing and let it soak for about 30 seconds and then you roll it in the cheese that they put on top. Yeah. And I would make those for the servers <laughs> when I was the salad slut. Is that, was that a par- Parmesan Parmesan? It's cheese? like a, a Romano cheese or something. And so I would... Oh, it's a hard cheese the, that they have in cheese. a little special grater yeah, thing. They say, they say when. Yeah, they say when. Yeah, say when. So I would... I um, that shit. I feel so much anxiety... <laughs> like, I just want to tell them when I see them coming over with a thing that's going to be dispensing something onto my food, yeah. whether it be a cheese grater or a pepper. Parmesan or pepper or whatever. Like, I just want to be like, you know, just go away. I, I can't handle I can't handle you doing this to me right now. So those are the appetizers I would make. I would uh, I was also in charge of just I'm telling too much stories about this, but it was crazy situation. Yeah. Um, we just might have to end it after this. Really? Make it a two-parter. I don't know. Then um, we're at forty-four minutes. Oh, geez. We haven't even started on my history yet, and we haven't even gotten started on the most exciting part of yours. So um, I was also in charge of desserts. So if a dessert got damaged, it was like not sellable. Right. And then it was like a free-for-all. So a server usually would come up to me and be like, "Hey, that black tie cheesecake. Maybe it doesn't." It's not sellable today. It's got a pube in it. Yeah, so then I would accidentally <laughs> drop something on it. Put a pube in it. <laughs> no. I would accidentally drop something on it, and then it was a free-for-all. Okay. Uh, did um, you forget to put your pube hair nut on? <laughs> yes. I worked at Crab Cracker as a busser, Oof. and I got fired because I hurt my back. Also because? The owner of that place um, would make the bussers go through the garbage every night. Okay. With tongs and get stuff, and then she would plant things in it, and she would know there's like five forks in some of the garbage, and if you hadn't pulled it out, she would make you go through the big dumpster. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I had a job where we broke glass over the dumpster to prevent my boss from digging through it. So, oh jeez, and that place I would say is a don't eat. If yeah. you are in Kirkland, do not eat at Crab Cracker. <laughs> I'm not going to go into it. Just do not eat at that place. I worked at Target for two days. Okay. I ended up um, being in the back room having to use one of those UPC things like um, for every single item that was in the warehouse with a bunch of meth heads that were playing Megadeth all day. And I said, I'm out. Okay. Um, then I worked at Tony Roma's place for ribs. Yeah. I worked there for a long time, like six months. Love me some ribs. And... Me and Adam. Eight of us. Adam from the Bible. Because <laughs> he's missing a rib. Because God used it to make a woman. Um, 
eight of us because that worked there were vegetarians. Which woman is very couldn't funny. be. Okay. Rib were no. okay. I lost mm, it. You lost okay, it. So at the same time that I was working at Tony Roma's at night, I was a bagel baker at Mikey's Brooklyn Bagel in Redmond. So I'd wake up at four in the morning, bake the bagels, work there till two in the afternoon, started my shift at Tony Roma's at four. And I was a hostess and an expediter there. And then I would close the store out. And then. Okay. All of these things sound horrible. Then I stopped. The working. hours. Yeah. I mean, I would. It was. I had a I would eat some bagels. I would eat me some Tony Romas. Depending. Um, we'll go into later why I was having two jobs. Okay. Not today. No. Um, Do you want to talk about it today? No. Okay. I then was a cook, a line cook at a place called Jack Spratt's which was a fat-free restaurant. It did really well until Adkins came along. Oh, yeah. And it pretty much put it out of business. And it was this gay couple that I loved, loved, loved so much. And the, <laughs> one of the owners was a um I'll tell you what Adkins did to me. It's a doctor and a lawyer in one. Because he was a doctor yeah. and kept seeing um, malpractice suits. Right. So he went to law school. Wow. Yeah. Somebody has too much free time. Yes. That's what I do with that. Tell your Atkins story. Oh, um, Atkins uh, helped me lose a lot of weight in a rapid amount of time. Also, um, I almost died. Ended up in the hospital. My kidneys stopped working. Um, Because you weren't following true Atkins. You were just eating meat. I was eating no carbs. You were not eating like fruits and vegetables, though. Well, you can't eat fruits because they have sugar, so there's no fruits on carbs. On and you were Atkins. eating vegetables. I was I was eating vegetables. Okay. But I was primarily eating cheese, pork rinds, and pepperoni. <laughs> but uh, I lost a bunch of weight. It's the thinnest I've been in my life. But your body shut down. Right. Yeah. No. Okay. Parts of my body started shutting well, down. I almost. Our died. friend Alyssa said a said a comment after you said that is like nothing feels uh, nothing nothing feels as good as uh, your kidney shutting down or thin something looks. like that or thin nothing, nothing feels know. as thin nothing as good looks as, nothing nothing tastes as good as thin feels as your as body feels. shutting down or something. I don't remember. Right. I'll look it up. Okay. It felt good and I looked good. Except for the part where I almost died. Okay. Keep going. Um, what else we got? Then I was a leasing agent for an apartment complex that had almost 600 units. No. It. Hashtag probably they're overpriced. Uh, it was Bellevue. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were overpriced, but. Newer building? No. Very old. Really? Very hard to sell apartments for as much as we were selling them for. With no washer and dryer in Bellevue. Okay. The big story from that job is that I once had a gun pulled on me. Okay. Threatened with a gun. That made me scared of guns and crazy people. Right. Nerf gun? Regular gun? Regular gun. Okay. Next is I was a photo lab technician in college at Walgreens. Right. Shouldn't have said the name of it. Because of the story I'm going to tell. Have I told this story before? Not on the podcast. Okay. I think I wrote into TVTL and told the story. 
it was back. This is before there was really digital cameras that much. So it was like actual print pictures. And we were the only place in town that would do nude, that would print nude photos. So whenever I would get these nude photos, I would make two copies of the nude ones, put them in a special photo book, and then call code blue to photo and me and my two friends would look at the pictures. <laughs> okay. Um, then next I was out of call. When I graduated from college, I, I worked at AT&T as phone support. Well, wait, let's go back to that last job for a minute. Okay. That's a fairly common sen- sentiment that you've heard from other people that have yes. similar jobs, right? Yes. Okay. Just want to check. Yeah. I mean, it's harder a little bit now, but it just, it was, I liked it because it was the old style where you had to like use a dark bag to open up the photo, the film Hmm. canister, like do it. I got into a couple fights. Regarding? Um, There was a, do you remember the Vantex camera? It was a Kodak camera that you could choose the size of the picture. Mm -hmm. It was. There was panorama. Yeah. Right. It was, they were trying to come out with a new thing, but it was a pretty shitty camera. Like it was a point and shoot. Yeah. Um, There was, I I don't remember the details of this. You have to excuse me, but there was something where there's people that had been kidnapped, like military people, and they were returning. Or, like, I don't remember. And a man had gone to Bellingham or whatever. They were returning to a a base there, an airport. And he took photos of them. And he came in and he had one of those Avantex cameras. And he wanted me to develop it. And he was like, these could be for Time Magazine and blah, blah, blah. And so he has me, like, develop them. And he gets them. And he's like, these are shitty. And you ruined it. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he said, they're blurry and you did a bad job. I'm like, well, first of all, you have an Avantex camera. You maybe paid $200 for it, which is way too much for that camera. They do not take good photos. And if you are really doing photojournalism, you should not have this camera. Right. And then he just grabbed the film and left and said I ruined his job or his life and career. The other time is... uh, two days before Christmas that I call Christmas Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, a woman came in and was trying to buy these giant candy bars that we would have on sale for a dollar sometimes. And they were out of the one she wanted. And she said, you just ruined Christmas for my children. And I said, if your Christmas is dependent on a giant candy bar, you have bigger problems in your family. Yeah. So well, probably, I just talked to people uh, this like This was that. a Walgreens, right? Yeah. Okay. So probably if your Christmas is dependent on anything from a Walgreens. Yes. Then maybe you just yeah. shouldn't have a Christmas. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. So I would just full on talk to people like that. And it was kind of fun. Because I did not care about that job. Yeah. Okay. Um, AT&T worked phone support. I got called a cunt a couple times. Yeah. Um, uh, during we, I don't know. It's like dating me. <laughs> how long you, anyone here has had AT&T, but at one point they did a big operating system changeover and for one to two months we couldn't access any of our systems. So if you blew your SIM card, 
it was blown. You could not have access to your phone. So that was very troubling. And this then is some kind of gay thing? No. Okay. And then also during the porting, all the other phone companies decided to use the same porting um, systems. Kay. But AT&T decided to come up with their own, which was a shit show. And no companies could port in or out. It was taking like three to four days, meaning you would have to either carry two cell phones because your yeah. incoming calls would go to one, you're outgoing to another, and or you had zero phones that worked at all. Right. So, and there was actually lawsuits about that because the porting was a law. Okay. So after I worked in customer care for one year, I became a billing specialist at AT&T. And that was over in the business. So if you worked for a company where they paid for your cell phone, I did the billing for that. And... Then I became an executive escalation specialist. That would be... Escalation is a bad thing to have in your title, job title. <laughs> Not if you're the specialist. Well, if it, it upgrades I mean, like at one point, grade, maybe? Um, our two big ones were um, uh, the president at the time, George W. Bush, and Martha Stewart on separate occasions. George W. Bush was the president of AT&T? No, of the United States. His BlackBerry stopped working one oh. weekend, and that is something. Oh, yeah, because all the government people have a, uh, Blackberries, Blackberries because yep. they're cunts. And then Martha Stewart's Ooh. also um, BlackBerry pooped out one weekend. So those are the kinds of things that I would get an email and would have five minutes to respond to it, have one hour to come up with a plan of action, and then within 24 hours had to come up with what happened who we contacted and what and, and how did to make you it get, never happen again. Did you ever get a trouble ticket from George Bush? What happened is Or Martha Stewart. I it wasn't a trouble ticket. What would happen is his people would call in and say his phone isn't working and instantly I would have to call the highest tech support. So, but that was I mean it's probably operator error, right? Mm, that one, it so Blackberries back in the day that um, it was not communicating to the Bez server, if I can remember. Okay, I was trying to make a bad joke, but oh, but Thanks user error a lot of times. It. User yeah. error a lot. Of oh yeah, it is because yeah. he's a yeah, dumb he's Republican. Dumb, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then, after um, escalation specialist, I went to Microsoft and was a product support person for the vista launch yeah and i was on something on a um on a team called living with vista Mm -hmm. that was very interesting yeah no living with vista sounds like a really horrible reality tv show if you google living with vista bill gates and daily show he talks about the living with vista program How, how close are we to your personal assistant job uh next okay Let's take a break because I'm going to call an audible. Okay. We're done with this show. <laughs> we're going to take a break. We're going to follow up with you talking about your personal assistant job. Okay. Then we're going to record an entire new episode right after this. Of your job. With my jobs. That'll be a bonus episode. Okay. Because we're an hour in. <laughs> And we just are now at the interesting part (laughs) of your job situation. I think we 
my job now is boring. Uh, well, you. That's funny because okay. you have an entire blog about your <laughs> current job, okay. and Let's you have no blogs about your previous jobs, but still managed to find. Um, Okay, let's like, just not what, half an hour to talk about them. So let's not Ooh. talk about the time. Right. Okay. okay. So hey, we'll be right back um, after this. And we'll talk about the really exciting part. My so-called job. Comes Kristen. Okay. BRB. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen. Pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. And we're back. So after I worked at Microsoft, I... Wow, it's like we just jumped right back into the conversation. <laughs> we're back. So after... Okay, how... I have to set this up a little bit. At Microsoft, if you are what they call an A-dash, you're a temporary contract worker. Mm-hmm. And you can only work for one year. Right. At the end of that one year, you have to take a 100-day break. Which is roughly three months. And you can't, and when you come back, you can work there again as an A dash or whatever if you get hired on full time, but you have to take that 100 day break. So on my last day, I had a coworker whose wife is a personal assistant but kind of owns her own company and does multiple families. And he said, Hey, do you want to work for? this woman who needs help setting up just her computer system and she has a small business and she needs help. And I was like, sure. Like, is it under the table? Cause I was going to be getting unemployment. So I worked for her for a couple months. And at the end she said, I have this friend and none of us like her, his personal assistant. We hate her. So we would like you to become his new personal assistant. Do you want to interview with him? And I was like, Sure, because I didn't want to keep contracting where, like, every year I have to look for another job. Right. Um, so she talked me into it. I went and interviewed, and I'm going on. I've been there since 2007. And that's where I work now for my boss. The end. Except for that he's dead. Ooh, great podcast. Oh, okay. So, so let's talk about this for a minute. Okay. So this is what interests me the most. About three years ago, it got to the point where him and I uh, would, I would get frustrated. So Christy is a personal assistant for an insane, absolutely batshit crazy, obscenely rich man. <laughs> I wouldn't say obscenely who rich, is now dead. Yes, not obscenely rich. Just last time I checked. It was a lot. Let's, Can I say? Need. No. Okay. I'd, I'd rather not. Can I give a ballpark? No. Okay. Multiple millions. Multiple millions of dollars. And how did I know this? Because I happened to be in Christina's office. Can I say this? Okay. Yes? I don't know. We'll see. And um, she pointed to the computer that happened no. to be sitting next to I don't want to talk about nope. that. It's yeah. not on your, is it on your blog? No. You never talked about it on your blog? Not I talked about the investment making machine, but I don't talk about how much money he had. Well, I wasn't going to talk about the oh. number. Okay. okay. So I looked. There was a computer sitting next to her um, boss's desk. Mm-hmm. There's a monitor sitting next to his desk. And um, she 
said, oh, this is what he called the investment-making machine. Because he didn't know the word computer. All it, it's a computer monitor that's hooked up to a computer that solely displays his stock portfolio, basically. Yeah. Just that he would his refresh all worth, day. And he would just refresh all day to keep track of his liquid assets. And every two hours, he would write down what the total was. Right. Where? On a little piece of paper that he kept on a calendar. Great. Yeah. Okay. As one should. Yeah. Um, and then there was a time where the investment making machine, as he called it, so was broken. I had to go on vacation. Yeah. So I went on vacation and normally the vacation was I got three weeks paid vacation, but he could he had to be out of town. So I had to go around his schedule, his calendar at all times. Of Luckily, can, he goes out of town quite a bit. Six months out of the year. Right. right. So there was one time when he was supposed to be gone, but he was in town and I had a family vacation planned and I was leaving Friday at like noon. And when I came back the following Monday, there was a sticky note on the computer screen that said, the investment making machine is broken. Please fix. And he had just closed out of the Internet Explorer. Yeah. Uh, he had hovered the mouse over a menu option. Oh, no. That was the other thing. When he would right-click the mouse all the time, yeah. so it would open up the right-click a dro- box. A drop-down box. Right. And then he would freak with out. With options. And then, and then it was broken. I would say, you need to and stop pushing. he would leave a handwritten note. Yeah. On a post-it and I would that say, said, "Stop Christina, touching my investment machine. <laughs> my investment-making machine is broken." I would uh, tell him to stop right-clicking on the mouse, and he would go, "I never touched that button in my entire life," yeah. and it would be an ordeal. So, probably about three or four years ago, um, we would get into arguments, and instead of getting like angry, well, actually, one of his daughters said. When you write your memoirs, please change our names. And I just laughed that off. And then the more times she would say that, I was like, hey, that's an idea. So instead of just getting like angry or stressed, I would just write out these stories. And then it became like at every party and other, every gathering, someone would w- say, what did he do now? Tell me what, tell, tell this person that story that you told me that one time. And then it, it just became like, all I'm doing at every gathering or party is telling these stories that I, I'm off work. I don't want to think about this or, or whatever. Um, so I just, I started a blog and I started a blog and I would just once a week or two, three times a week, the goal was three times a week, post a story about something that had happened And then I could just, at a gathering or party, hand out, I had a business card with my blog name on it, or I could just say, hey, go to this, go to this website, whatever. And I had quite a few followers and a lot that I didn't even know about. And that's how I found, I met our friend Alyssa. I was in line at a TBTL event and she, she was from San Francisco. I'd never met her before. And she's like, oh, what do you do? And I said, um, oh, I'm a personal assistant to this rich guy. And she's like, you don't you don't um, write a blog, do you? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And she goes, oh, my God, my friends and I are in love with that blog. 
And that freaked me out because I'm like, now it's not just my friends and family <laughs> reading anymore. It's yeah. these like random well, people. And I was in San Francisco with you. What was that? Last, uh, Super Bowl, December, yeah, yeah. January, whenever January, the Super Bowl February, was, yeah. January, Something. February, um, of last year, and we met somebody that knew you only from your blog. Yes, and I was like, oh no, okay. and he was like okay. super fan, like oh, tell me about this and tell me about that. Yeah, it is it, because you write under a pseudonym. Yes, yeah, everyone's names are changed. Yeah. Oh, so maybe we shouldn't be talking about this. No, nah, it's fine. Ooh, no, but the we website is gone. The, name? the website's gone. Oh, it got t- so they. But what about the Twitter? Because I gave that. I mentioned the Twitter. It's it, all of it's gone. Oh, the Twitter's still there, but whatever. Um, okay. The website's gone because he died. So in this, that's another story. Is this February he died? He passed yeah. away, and. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. And okay. then. Um. The the website came up for renewal, and I was like, well, I have all these stories. I pulled them all down, then deleted them off it, and then didn't renew because no. I either just need to make it be a book, yeah, which I've I've been like talking to people about independent publishing and stuff, um, or just like forget about it. And that was a thing that happened. No, you life. need to do something with it. Have you ever read it, Jeremy? No. But I've heard enough of your stories because I know you in real life, so I don't need to read your fake ass blog. (laughs) It's not fake ass blog. It's not fake. It's not fake. But I've heard enough of the stories in real life. You wouldn't have read it. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You're too busy on Twitter. Okay. (laughs) Just kidding. So that is the story of that. And yeah. I'll say this now because I get asked it like every single time any gathering. I still work for the family while the estate is getting closed. And they say that I'm going to work at the family foundation that was formed upon his death. But I don't know if that's the case. Yeah. Time will tell. Yep. So that's my situation. If I I feel like you should be very careful what you say because so much of like you used to be very careful about your pseudonym mm-hmm. uh, and your like that whole world yeah. being separate from your real world. Mm-hmm. But I feel like especially since I've known you, mm-hmm. there's been so much crossover. And especially since now some of the deceased family are at least somewhat internet savvy. Yeah, I should block them. And you just need to they be do have AOL email Twitter's, addresses. I mean, but there's still Yeah. Your Twitter is still public. It's available on search. True, true. I just need gotta to be careful. need to shut it down. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the story of my jobs. Yeah. Sorry it was so long. Huh. If you want to know any more about any of jobs, I do have lots of stories. Yeah. It will, but there's no way that you go check them out because you don't have the blog anymore. It's okay. Just have to wait for the book. Wait for the book. And then you all buy it. Yes. Yeah. And if you're interested in helping um, be a, a voice actor for the audiobook, hit us up. I can do it myself. <laughs> we'll set it up. If you can sound like an old man. <laughs> <laughs> done and done.
All right. So I guess thank you for listening. Yeah. And Jeremy's, it's getting too late. Um, Jeremy's episode will be coming soon. Ish. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And our Twitters are at Kissy Eyes, K S S I E Y E S, and Nerd Out Loud Pod. At nerdoutloudpod.com slash Twitter. And we have a Facebook, which is blah, 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 blah. Facebook.com slash at nerdoutloud. And Jeremy's is at Germza. Germza. J E R M Z H. Yep. So thank you for listening. If you request me on Twitter, I'll probably follow you back unless you look shady. <laughs> then he'll follow you home. Wait, what? I was trying to be funny. I'm too tired. Okay. So thank you for listening this week and listen next to the next episode because we're going to record it right after this, even though Christy doesn't want to. And it's going to be awesome because I'm going to make her do it, even though she's super out of it. And with that, let your nerd flag fly.